Welcome to Postscript. My name is Dave Severns. I am the worship pastor here at Compass Point Bible Church. And with me today is lead pastor Paul Eastwood. How are you doing, Paul? I'm doing good. Excellent, excellent. Well, we are just through Palm Sunday. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about what you preached about and Palm Sunday and all that. Why don't you give us a little recap of what, what happened? Sure. I mean, uh, Palm Sunday is one of those uh, church calendar events in, in our circles in terms of you know our church backgrounds. We don't always sort of play in with the church calendar. Um, in terms of things like, you know, Pentecost and Lent and, you know, some of these things that fall into the church calendar. But we certainly, mm-hmm. Palm Sunday is one of the ones that we often um, will adopt into our <laughs> liturgy. You know what I mean? So yeah, uh, it's something that we that we do. And and so Palm Sunday is just the reminder of when Jesus came into Jerusalem. And, and I think that what I tried to get at was why was his arrival so stirring? Because there's been lots of conversation about him coming into Jerusalem. Some people talk about the idea that, well, he came on in on a donkey. Well, that was very lowly and that was very humble, which is true on the one hand. But on the other hand, he knew that uh, it was a it was fulfilling a prophecy. But perhaps even more, it was a demonstration of his royalness as mm-hmm. a, as a king coming in. The idea of riding on a donkey was not necessarily a humble thing. It actually was showing that he was going to be the king. And then we mm-hmm. have the issue of what the crowd was shouting. And so all of these things that were going on, it was causing the Pharisees to go nuts. They were losing their mind. Everybody was going crazy. Yeah. So what I was trying to do was, was strip back um, you know, some of, of the story right down to what they were saying, attach that to the psalm that they probably would have learned when they were children, and try to get a sense for what it was they were expecting and what it was they were actually shouting as they saw Jesus coming into Jerusalem on the donkey. Yeah, and I love that. So you preached out of Psalm 118. We we read the uh, the narrative from um, one of the Gospels earlier in the service, but you you spent most of the time in the Psalm, which right. isn't the story, of course, but um, gives us such great context and great um, meaning in in understanding Palm Sunday and what happened. So why why did you go to Psalm 118, Paul? Yeah, well, in you know, in one sense, it's it's interesting because it yes, in one sense, it's not telling the story, but in other sense, it is telling the story hmm. because Jesus made it pretty clear that this psalm was about him, and and we can get to that as we go along. So yeah. there's a story that unfolds, but it's a story that's kind of dark and dim and a bit shady because they don't understand fully what they're looking at. It's like looking through a you know a, a dark glass or or something. Yep. Because in the Old Testament, they didn't know they were writing about Jesus. They believed they were just writing about, you know, a God who saves them in victory and and, mm-hmm. and saves them from the enemy and, and brings them back into Jerusalem and all of these really good things. It's a song of celebration and joy. And yet they were actually talking about something that had yet to come, which was mm. which is pretty powerful. But yeah. what I love about Psalms in, in you know in particular is that there's this Psalms you know, they, they, they meant different things in different ways, uh, but they always meant to, were meant to grab your emotions. They were make you, make you feel something. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think you understand that a little bit. I mean, obviously a lot as a musician. So like, you know, it's really kind of neat that they grab these Psalms and they, and the Bible's full of them because it, it, it's, it's kind of a new way of looking at truth about who God is. Yeah, I mean, it's so important to remember the Psalms. Um, they were sung through every year. Uh, I think it's a couple times every year. Um, so yeah, everyone would have memorized them, um, but they were they were sung right. And and this, I mean, Palm Sunday. Okay, 
I, I part of my master's degree I did around the church calendar um, and I did around music. So doing Palm Sunday and doing it on a psalm is just right up my alley. Love all that stuff. But yeah, there's something about constantly coming back and, and the people knowing these words and reminding themselves of them, the way that it um, it helps place us in the story, right? It helps place us under this God who saves, um, under this God who's got everything into control. Uh, and, yeah. and we kind of come back to it all the time. Uh, so I love I love kind of thinking through the the story we know well of people shouting Hosanna and waving palm branches, but thinking through it through the psalm they would have been singing through the yeah. the words that they knew so well um, yeah and and what they the way they took on a new meaning in that yeah. moment. So you, you say you yeah, saw sort you know, of going... we can see the story of Jesus all through this psalm. Sorry, uh, yeah. We're on Zoom, so we get occasional delay and talk over each other. Sorry about that. Um, but you say you see Jesus through this psalm. How how is it? How is he here? Right. So, you know the the way that I would you know the simple way that we talked about it. When you look at a psalm, there are certain ways to to read it so that we can understand it better. And, and often it's around the structure. So, you know, as you know, Hebrew poetry was not so much about. Uh, rhyming. It was more about uh, parallelism. So, like mm-hmm. you know, how the lines related to each other. There, there were different ways of of writing that would you know. So, so when you see something that's repeated over and over again, you get a sense. Okay, that means something. So, if you take sort of the big idea, you say the you know the first couple of verses. It says, "Give thanks," and then it says, "His love endures forever." His love endures forever. And it says it three times. So what yeah. that does is it reminds us that we are to give thanks because his love endures forever. So those are kind of some mm-hmm. ways of reading through Hebrew poetry. And so it's a little bit, it's actually pretty simple in this passage because uh, you can see that, that there's these two sections that end with this idea of he has become my salvation. And so the first section talks about this idea, it's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. Yeah. So there's this idea, first of all, we give thanks because... God's God loves us and God's love endures his faithful loyal love endures then the second thing is is that when we're hard pressed we trust in him not in us we don't trust yeah. in our own plans we trust in him and then later it says when the nations are surrounding me I'm able to come out victorious because because you are strong because of your strong right hand but it's not just the victory that he provides he also talks about this idea of bringing them into this wide open space and then specifically has this idea of the gates opening up. Yeah. So and let you, me just you talked about the uh, the parking lot at the grocery store, wide open spaces. Something we need right now. That's right. <laughs> I did. We're all looking for wide open spaces these days. But it's a picture of freedom, right? So that's yeah. that's really powerful. So if you if you put Jesus into the po- into the psalm, what you start to see is that we give thanks to the Lord because of his faithful, loyal love that is seen in Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. And then it says, Okay, so um, because God is with me, he allows me to triumph. And how does he allow me to triumph? By his strong right hand, who is Jesus. And mm-hmm. then it says um, that because of because of who he is and because of Jesus, he actually opens these gates for us and allows us to come into his presence. So there's this idea that not only are we saved because of Jesus, but we actually come into God's presence because of Jesus. And then it keeps saying over and over again, this is what the Lord has done. It's his work. It's, you know, he's the one that's done this. And then it says in verse 24, perhaps one of the verses that's most famous, in, but for the wrong reasons, <laughs> hmm. it says, you know, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Yeah. You know, and it's not just every day. It's not that, okay, we, you know, you know, today we're going to sing this song before breakfast. It's yeah, this day that the Lord has made. It's this specific day when Jesus saved, when he took 
mm. you know, the the broken the 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 stone the builders had rejected, and it became the cornerstone. Yeah, so it's fascinating. I mean, there's that that uh, it's a, I think it's a hymn. This is the day that the Lord has yep, made. We that's right. right. I used to sing um, it in camp. I remember. Yeah, used to, I remember <laughs> exactly camp, and you know, maybe a wanna. Uh, in yep. a great song. And it, I mean, it's easy to kind of interpret that as today, you yep. know, any, any given day is the day the Lord has made and we should rejoice and be glad in it. That's all true, but it's fascinating. Yep. Even, even taking that song and singing it in the sense of this is the day, what we should be doing in that moment is remembering yep. this story, remembering yep. Easter, remembering salvation. Um, yeah. and, and just the meaning of it there. There's, I mean, if, if you read through Psalm 118, you can see so many of the songs that we sing in here, right? His love endures yeah. forever. Um, you know, obviously f- the song forever, the song yeah. cornerstone. Um, I mean, there's all kinds of lines, so many, so many things. And this is what, when yeah. we, when we sing together as a church, we are trying to kind of pull these things in and remind ourselves that Jesus is the, the answer. It's just fascinating to me that the, uh, these people who, didn't clearly didn't really get it right mm-hmm. they thought jesus was coming to overthrow the roman empire and that really didn't turn out well for them at least in the way they thought um yeah but they were they were still singing it do you, do you think that we do the same thing sometimes we take these words that are uh meant to have this great meaning and, and maybe we know it maybe we don't but we're still like yeah we think we know what's going on does that still apply to us today yeah, for sure. Actually, it's a really good question to think about some of the songs that we sing specifically mm. that we may interpret differently than they actually are intended to be. Um, to like, I'm, I don't know. Oh, if yeah. I'm putting you on the spot. I'm trying to oh. think of a song that would be similar to that, where you know we we sing about something, and in our minds we're assuming something. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, so I mean, this this psalm talks about the presence of God. I think this is the presence of God is actually one of the things that is most confusing yeah. uh, in the way that we sing about it. Um, sometimes, sometimes we sing about the presence of God in this like, God, we long for your presence. We want to be in your presence. We welcome your presence. Uh, and I I understand where that's coming from. And yet, because of Jesus, the reality is, God's presence is His Spirit, and it goes with us. Mm-hmm. we're always in the presence of God. We always have access to the presence of God. Now there's, there is some uniqueness in those times where we, we gather and really intentionally together focus on God. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think sometimes our songs can, can wrongly maybe teach us that there's like, I don't want to say magical or mystical power in that, but that's kind of what we come to. We kind of come to this like, Oh, what I really need is more of God's presence, more of like more time, worshiping him and it's like well yes but remember actually like the, we're not the same as the people who who followed around the temple because we are the temple we mm-hmm. god's presence lives inside of us um, so mm-hmm. I, that's probably the biggest one for me that we we misinterpret and sing wrongly yeah. is is that this idea of the presence of god and it always goes with us yeah that's a good that's a good what and another one that i'm thinking i'm actually using a, a song that's right out of here is cornerstone right mm-hmm. when we sing the song cornerstone it's written very clearly about God. You know, our yeah. hope is built on nothing less than, and it, yeah. it's about Jesus and what he's done. Mm-hmm. But then we get into the chorus and we sing this, you know, like Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the savior's love. And there's this idea of like, okay, you know, this is, this is about me being made strong, which is yeah. in yeah. one sense, that's true, but the cornerstone was Jesus. So this weak made strong is the person of Jesus who was rejected, who was made strong in, in, mm-hmm. in his salvation. Right. So there's this, it's kind of an interesting little, like 
um, you know, and and you know, perhaps they're writing it in a, in a slightly different way. But I just think it's it, it would be an interesting exercise to think about the songs that we sing and and you know, wonder if we're singing them slightly differently. Absolutely, and there's this there's this fine line in our worship um, between like obviously self-centered worship is wrong. Worship is meant to be focused on God. But if we understand the story of God, we do understand how it affects us and how it inspires us and helps us and gives us a strength to get through only, only by his strength. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but it is really easy to kind of take and put ourselves as the main, main character in the Bible. Uh, And like, we have to read ourselves into the story, but we have to understand where we fit in the story. Right. Um, I mean, you and I and Chris, we were talking about this earlier this week in this this uh, idea of who's who's the hero in all of these stories. Um, yeah. When we look at the story of David and Goliath, when we look at other well-known stories in the Bible, um, I feel like when I was a kid, I was often taught, like, be like these Bible characters. Right. You know, at least when they were being good, right? Like, trust God, do the right things. Right. Um, and you can kind of be the hero like, like David, like Elijah. And, and I don't, I actually don't know if that's what the Bible's right. telling us. What, what yeah. do you think, Paul? No, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, the hero is also, is always God in those stories. And yeah, too mm-hmm. often we put it on ourselves. And, and I think, you know, I think this comes down to expectations, right? What we believe God is doing in our lives or what we, and, and I think there, we, we have this sense that, you know, God comes into our life to free us so that we can ultimately determine our own fate and what happens next and all of those things. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, no, our freedom is actually, you know, not taking control. It's actually letting him take control. So, so yeah. let me take that into, so from where we're talking about into the story now. So if you take, if you go from the Psalm, knowing this is something they sung over and over again, they yep. believed with all of their heart. They were there was all this pent up emotion because the people who were there waving their palm branches. They were mm-hmm. all excited because they saw Jesus coming, and they knew that he was going to be the one to save them. And they were right, right. But the problem was that, hmm. like you said, they had the wrong idea. And so yeah. for them, they had this idea that okay, here he comes. Now he's coming into Jerusalem. So now the Roman government is going to be overthrown. And now all of this kind of stuff is going to happen. And Jesus said, no, actually, I'm going to the cross. And they were like, no, (laughs) right? I mean, the disciples especially. Like Peter was like, you know, go do something else. Let me get my sword out. I got it. (laughs) Yeah. And and that's where we jump in. And I think this is an idea when we... When we lack the trust in God's plan, it, it, it actually leads to a blindness for ourselves because we start to, we actually miss really important things. Yeah. So, so I think that, you know, the crowd that were there had this idea that, okay, yeah, you're the king, but not like this, Jesus. We want you to be a king coming in and taking over and becoming the, the ruler and kicking out the Romans and all that stuff. The Pharisees, on the other hand, had a bit of a different perspective because they saw Jesus coming in as a threat. And they mm-hmm. wanted to control it. They were like, okay, yeah, I'm good with Jesus coming, or I'm good with the Messiah, let's say that. Yeah. But I'm not okay with Jesus because he doesn't look like the Messiah that, you know, yeah. and he's not validating all of my good works that I'm doing. Yeah. And so for them, they had this desire for control, and that really made them uh, unteachable. When they mm. did, when they were trying to take control, it just meant they they weren't able to be taught, right? So yeah. so I think that they they took what they knew from the song the song from Psalm 118, they were singing it over Jesus, believing that they had this plan. And then Mm -hmm. they realized they were wrong. He was 
going to do what they wanted him to do, just not the way that they wanted him to do it. <laughs> oh, man. Now, and Okay, so this is fascinating. I think we can put <laughs> ourselves in this story, right? So we know that having all the right answers and trying to control the world by having all the right answers, having as many theological degrees as you can, knowing the Bible inside out, which the Pharisees did, doesn't mean you're right. Right. And we can also say that having a great emotional experience, again, knowing the scriptures, knowing yep. good theology, coming to God in worship and having this deeply meaningful shout, hands up, palm waving experience, right? That also doesn't mean that we're right. Yep. Um, and sometimes we try to control both ways. Sometimes we try to control through through the truth. Sometimes we try to control through this like mystical sense of God's presence and these unattainable experiences that we have and and yet they're both wrong right like jesus kind of like nope this is this is actually what it means and we yeah. can see that in hindsight yeah so does that still happen to us today um have we like you know jesus has come so are we are we good now do we no longer make these mistakes see i think that's perfect uh, a perfect way of describing it and the little bell just means that <laughs> it's perfect i don't know if you heard that on my end oh yeah someone's sending me an email but here's here's why i think that's perfect because we are in a context right now with this with a lot of questions and we're in yeah. a bit of a darkness and we're trying to figure out what's going through there are some people who will trumpet very loudly from the rooftops that they know exactly what's going on here that this is yes. god's judgment for something that's happened and you know all this kind of stuff and, and I think, and there are other people who, you know, say, oh, this is definitely, you know, for me, this is for me personally, so that I can learn this or, or, you know, so that we can all learn to get closer to God, or we can all learn about relationships or whatever. And, and those things may actually end up being true, but it's, we can't say them with confidence at this point because God's way is always way bigger than our own way. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah. he's got an idea that, um, and, and that's the thing that I think that we get tripped up in is that we get so used to our upbringing and our understanding. And this is what I tried to get at on Sunday is that sometimes we get distracted by what we want Jesus to be and we don't see who he actually is. Oh, yeah. And so what I mean by that is like you, you bring all of this stuff that you're bringing from your history and your past church experience and all of the stuff that you've learned through school or maybe learned recently through something else. And mm -hmm. saying, now I have this perfect picture of who God is. <laughs> and what we would say is it's been thousands of years and you, like, you're doing a great job moving closer to understanding him, but you're not going to get there. And he's always got, you know, a bigger thing going on. Yeah. And if you think you know God well enough to know what he's going to do next, to, to understand the way that he works always and the way, like we can know the attributes of God, sure. But to understand what that means for our day-to-day -day life, right? Like how many of us a month ago would be, would have predicted that we were here in the midst of a pandemic. Um, totally. and, and yet we look back and we're like, how did we not predict this? Right? Like it's kind of hilariously obvious in hindsight, we should have been doing more. We should have been better prepared, but this is how life works. We are not in charge. We are not in control. And when we think we're in control, even if we use the language of God and in, in his will and not ours, right? We, yeah. we still get it wrong. So we just have to trust. We have to, we have to follow. Um, we have to find yeah. ourselves in, in the story. And I mean, usually we find ourselves either being the Pharisees or being the people on the side, waving our branches and saying, yeah, he's yeah. coming to overthrow the government, right? We, we get it wrong. Then that's, it's fine. It, it is what it is. Um, but yeah. 
man, wouldn't it be good to learn how to keep our mouth shut a little bit more and just uh, yeah, just watch and wait, which is what we're doing now, right? We're, yeah. we're coming up on Good Friday. We're coming up on Easter. We're watching and waiting, seeing what's coming next. Yeah. Uh, so good. Anything else you want to say? Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, we've been having a great conversation. I've been loving just where we're going with this, but it, it, it may be, you know, feeling a little uh, a little more kind of, you know, back and forth and off the map in some ways, but to kind of, you know, bring all this back to um, to this day when Jesus came in and disrupted what was going on in Jerusalem, he regu- he comes into our life and disrupts our lives by showing yeah. up. And mm-hmm. so, you know, um, Brad mentioned in the digital hub after the service that, you know, he had been at this conference and what he learned about the kingdom of God was the kingdom is where Jesus gets his way. And so yeah. the big question that that I started asking myself after going through this passage, and I think all of us should ask, is mm-hmm. when Jesus shows up in your life, not the Jesus that you want or the Jesus that you hope for, or the, but when Jesus Christ, the Messiah, comes into our lives, shows up in, you know, in, into, our, into our existence, the question is, how do we respond? How do we live our lives so that Jesus gets his way? <laughs> and, mm-hmm. um, and that's, I think, the, at the center of how... Uh, of how Palm Sunday prepares us for Easter because it reminds us that that it's it's Jesus who needs to have his way that that kind of goes through and and so the question is okay what are we going to do how do we allow him to be the lord of our lives you know all the way through yeah that's awesome i mean there's so much more here we could do but uh we say we tw- we're 20 minutes and i think we're there so we're going to we're going to call it for now <laughs> yeah. um yeah totally uh thanks for this as always if you've got questions if you yeah want us to dig in a little deeper or have have questions coming out of this just be in touch we'd love to have that conversation with you and maybe have that conversation here to help others uh please join us this this coming friday and then this sunday morning obviously for for good friday and easter both at 10 a.m both on youtube which is where we're meeting these days Um, we look forward to seeing with you and interacting with you there and um yeah celebrating what's coming this weekend thank you paul and thank you all for listening along we'll talk to you later